Hello and welcome to the Viasat Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Miller. And in this episode, we're talking with Sumit Singh, who has two big roles here at Viasat. The first is as the Chief Data Officer overseeing the corporate ATG group. But today, we're going to focus on his second role, Vice President and General Manager of the MAP group here at Viasat. This is the media and mobile apps area at the company, the primary the primary aim of which is to take the connectivity we provide to things that move, be they aircrafts, ships, trains, or, or others, and help our customers explore new ways of using that connectivity to enhance the end user experience, add revenue opportunities for our customers, and probably some things we have yet to explore. So thanks for being on the podcast today, Sumit. Thank you. Thank you for having me here, uh, Alex. All right. So I know you have quite a few balls in the air, but today I uh, wanted to home in on one particular aspect of the media and mobile apps uh, area. It's advertising. Uh, but first, let's start with just a bit of an intro, since you're relatively new here at Viasat. Can you, uh, can you tell us a bit about your career thus far and, uh, and what led you to Viasat? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I, I would say I've had a, a pretty fortunate and, and meaningful and rewarding career so far. Um, I ended up following my passion for uh, building communications equipment early on, uh, studied uh, electronics and communications engineering from India, subsequently, subsequently got a, a master's degree in, in computer engineering from Rensselaer, uh, and then spent nearly a decade uh, in, in a variety of technical and leadership roles, uh, building communications uh, software, uh, especially for network switches and routers with, with large companies like Tata Group, uh, Ascent Communications, that later became Alcatel Lucent, uh, Cisco Systems, uh, and then a startup that was called Turin Networks. Uh, Turin got acquired by Dell, uh, and it's now known as Dell Networking. And, and these, uh, these startup experiences really enticed me to try and become a venture investor. Uh, I know it's a bit of diversion strong diversion yeah uh, but i but i enrolled as a a venture fellow at ucla's uh, anderson school of management uh, pursuing full-time mba trying to become a venture capitalist uh, but of course those plans didn't work out this was 2007 8 uh -huh. uh, and uh, i ended up as a strategy consultant with, uh, with deloitte consulting uh, which I eventually left. I, I was there for several years, but I left uh, due to expanding family and you know, travel needs. I then spent almost a decade with Yahoo that became uh, Horizon Media later uh, in various leadership roles. Uh, but most of my time there was spent building our private cloud technologies and platforms. I spent a lot of time on our big data and machine learning platforms, built several generations of those. And then eventually left uh, as the VP and GM of a technology platforms and solutions organization. That was my last role there. And we were responsible for um, envisioning, building, uh, managing, commercializing uh, a, a vast suite of B2B and B2C platforms, products, and enterprise data solutions. Uh, they were very centered on big data, AI, machine learning, geolocation services, advertising and search. Uh, and then 5G edge computing. And, and our objectives were to drive diversified revenue for the company and scale up some of our key technology partnerships. And, and I left last year when, uh, when Yahoo was being divested out of Verizon um, and, and joined Viasat. Uh, interestingly, I joined as the, the VP of infrastructure and, and software platforms. But uh, but very quickly found my way back into you know the, the regular stuff, which is data platforms, you know, media mm -hmm. applications and advertising, given some of my Yahoo experiences. So 
that's that's pretty much my entire journey i would say wow that's a pretty impressive journey you bring an awful lot of great experience to Viaset. so uh uh and yeah in two roles so uh, i wanted to ask before we moved on before we move on to talking about mobility can you describe your other role as chief data uh, 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 can you describe your other role as chief data officer and what atg does oh absolutely so um, yeah, as a chief data officer, I essentially lead uh, companies' data platforms and tools, and, uh, and, and ATG as a group, uh, which stands for uh, Analytics Tools Group, uh, but it's really the central data platform and infrastructure group for the company. And if you if you think about where Viasat as a business is today, um, we're, we're starting to see a lot of scale in our data, and not just data. I was also I would also say that we're starting to see a lot of user scale. Um, that puts us in a really good position uh, to leverage data for driving efficiencies and growth across Viasat. And so ATG's mission is really to provide uh, a shared, reusable, and controlled data capture process and consume architectures, infrastructure, and tools uh, for the company. And we do this so that various businesses and functional groups at Viasat can derive insights and apply those insights and intelligence into creating uh, operational leverage, compelling services, products, and experiences for our customers. And then uh, you know, create effective business models to monetize the data assets we're capturing within ATG. Right. Okay. All right. Well, that sounds like it could be a subject of a, of a whole nother podcast, but uh, let's let's focus on uh, this media and mobility piece of it. So Viasat is, of course, known as a leader in connectivity services for commercial and business aviation. Uh, but with media and mobile apps, we're, we're looking to add even more value to our customers beyond the basics of, of getting Wi-Fi on a plane. So what is the, the core goal of uh, of media and mobile apps? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I get asked the question a lot. What is up to? What what is it really trying to do? So, I, I think it's it's fairly simple, right? The the maps team is all about creating ancillary revenue opportunities for both Viasat and our customers, uh, and we do that on top of our core business, which is the connectivity piece you mentioned. Um, our, our objectives are really to enhance the passenger experience in these venues you described, Alex. Uh, but at the same time, uh, we want to activate new revenue streams for these venue operators. Um, and so we are uh, tasked with, uh, I would say, accelerating revenue growth in, in both enterprise and consumer segments via four pillars, uh, as I like to describe our team in. Uh, the first one being digital advertising products and partnerships. The second is media, which includes on-demand or stored content, uh, traditionally called in-flight entertainment systems in the context of commercial aviation, linear IP TV, and also over-the-top TV or over-the-top video, OTT video, commerce, uh, which includes both direct access and retail, and then finally, data insights and products. Um, so, so we think of ourselves you know, being responsible for figuring out how to grow revenue, uh, how to support our core businesses via these four pillars. Okay. Well, great. Well, you know, uh, focusing on the commercial aviation, uh, those four pillars, uh, can you can you touch on each of them and just uh, talk a little bit about what the opportunities are for, for advertising, media, commerce, and, and data? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, these, these mobile venues that, that you described, right, such as um, airlines, uh, passenger cruises, trains, buses, I would even put, um, you know, uh, the fixed ones like remote residential communities, 
traditionally they haven't had good broadband connectivity. And if you think about the experiences and products that were built for these venues, they were built assuming a very disconnected world. Um, so let's let's pick each of these pillars and, and talk about you know what's different uh, in our approach versus what's been done traditionally. If you think about advertising, um, programmatic advertising, or or these automated dynamic forms of digital advertising are pretty commonplace, uh, but that doesn't exist in these venues today. So we are innovating on on an advertising back business models um, that can generate ancillary revenue for these venue operators. Some examples of those would be things we've introduced recently, such as sponsored access, ads and offers that are uh, based on um, cost per click or cost per acquisition type ad models. So those are good examples. Uh, if you think of media offerings, um, which includes stored on-demand content or IP systems, IPTV, you know, curated destination-based content or even over-the-top content, we're getting them personalized, we're getting them optimized for engagement and monetization. Um, commerce is a fairly broad bucket uh, that I believe presents us opportunities to provide direct access uh, and even last minute destination-based purchases. Um, we could even host um, services for uh, a variety of third parties uh, in the ecosystem uh, to facilitate commerce in these venues. And then last one, uh, which is quite interesting is that the database insights for the travel industry today, at least in the experience I have had, uh, it's quite survey-based, manual survey-based, and, and they're shallow. And I think they suffer from you know, mass extrapolations that are made to very limited data points. Mm -hmm. And we could entirely change that based on real-time insights that we could derive at global scale. Uh, with some of the interactions we are having with devices, so that that is that is another uh, area which which is an interesting opportunity for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you know this this isn't theoretical. Some of this is already happening. So it'd be great if you could uh, give us an example or two of some of these things that are already in place and, and working today. Yeah, no, and you know, as you pointed out, I think a lot of this is already being put in practice. They're not theoretical. I would say sponsored access um, and contextually relevant offers and ads are something we have really introduced at, at large scale. Um, when I say scale to over 200 million passengers. Um, and then, um, you know, the model works uh, in, in a way where we enable uh, sponsored services without passengers having to say purchase internet. Um, we call it just works. So there are certain applications that would just work whether you have or purchase internet in planes or not. We offer time-limited or free Wi-Fi sessions to passengers who in return interact with a certain brand's message um, on, a, on a high quality native ad. So some of these things have already been rolled out at scale. All right. Well, you know, it's it's interesting uh, to note that, uh, you know, on the ad side that uh, uh, I think I've heard you say airlines are one of the last bastions of print, you know, with those in-flight magazines or, you know, people are still reading on the on the plane. And I have to tell you, I've written a few articles for some in-flight magazines over the years, <laughs> um, you know, and it, it's kind of cool, you know, that, that they were still pretty thick, but, you know, that's changing like like a lot of things. So uh, what do you see uh, going forward as, as uh, you know, connectivity on on these aircraft changes the game? Yeah, no, absolutely. As you pointed out, it's changing and it's changing slowly. 
Um, you know, if you think about seed box systems in some of these tales where it's available, uh, it's still available today. Uh, the ads are largely, I would say, pre-roll ads. They are stored videos on the tail. Uh, there's very little to no dynamism to them. So mm -hmm. if you interact with the seed back multiple times, the same pre-roll or mid-roll ad would play every time you touch the screen. Uh, or watch a movie and or a second movie or a third movie, it's going to be the same message, same brand, same ad, uh, which, which is not the experience one would want, right? Um, if you switch away from the seat backs to the personal electronic devices or pads, as we call them, um, and, and interact with the airline portals, the story is not very different. The, the banners or interstitial ads, I think, are generally not relevant for the passenger or hasn't been made relevant for the passenger. Um, so we, we do want to change this. We do want to change how advertising gets done in flight. Um, whether it is you know native advertising, whether these are pre or mid rolls or interstitial banner ads, we want to move to the programmatic advertising models where the brands and messages that we present to passengers are relevant to them. At least they are relevant in the context the passenger is in, which we call as contextual targeting. Um, so yeah, we've got we've got plans to to change how advertising gets done in flight. Let's see how that goes. Right. And, you know, for the, for the end user, for the passenger sitting there in the seat, it's not just about getting, you know, getting served ads, the, the those, those uh, revenue opportunities for the airlines can, can help them offset, uh, you know, what, what the cost to, to deliver internet could be even uh, more opportunities for it to be free. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, um, you know, I wouldn't say we would go purely to a, um, a, a pure free model, but, you know, right now what we're proposing is um, largely a hybrid model where um, ancillary revenue can, as you highlighted, take care of some of the costs in providing these services to passengers. But one of the core goals of, of what we're trying to do is not just focus or tilt too much on the revenue side, but also think about how some of these offers, some of these experiences enhances um, how passengers interact with them, right? So their passengers' experiences front and center, as we try and generate these ancillary revenues. So, so it's a it's a it's a pretty um, I would say tightly coupled objective that we have, which is to, you know, enhance the the passenger experience compared to what they get today, but at the same time unlock some monetization opportunities and process that can potentially offset some of the costs for these operators, as you mentioned, Alex. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. So uh, uh, another area for Viasat to target is direct access for other communications providers, such as mobile phone uh, companies. So how does Viasat act as a sort of intermediary between those providers uh, and the airline? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And in fact, there's you know active work happening right now on that. So it's a really timely topic. Um, I actually think direct access is of uh, immense value to to both the venue operators and the service and identity providers uh, to work with Viasat's uh, direct access platform, as we call it. Uh, and our direct access platform connects passengers uh, in different venues on one side with service and identity providers on the other side. And, and the idea is to seamlessly roam, uh, let the passengers seamlessly roam on Viasat connected venues. And one of the aspects of the platform we're very focused on is growing the number of providers on the platform. 
so that more and more passengers can leverage this friction-free mechanism to roam on venues like aircrafts as if they never got disconnected from the network. Wow. So there's a lot of work happening to seamlessly authenticate devices um, as they get on in these Viasat connected venues that is leveraging our direct access platform. Um, and, and we're um, working on technologies like Hotspot 2.0 and Passpoint from Wi-Fi Alliance to enable that. So definitely a pretty exciting and forward-looking area uh, to remove um, friction that currently exists between you know, how you roam on ground or says how you roam in flight. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure the answer to this is enthusiastically, but, you know, what kind of response have we seen from, uh, from our airline partners about these capabilities? Yeah, so, um, you know, there's an interesting saying in our, in, our, in our space where, you know, when you learn an airline, you learn one airline. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> every, every airline in every market globally is distinct, um, you know, even though they may be operating the same vessel, say, for example, a Boeing 777. So YSAT's philosophy here is really to provide services and business model that works for our airline customers and partners as well. Um, and, and I would say we're perhaps one of the most flexible providers to work with, um, one, that, one that works or provides clear SLAs um, at our services. Um, ancillary revenue-based models, um, as I you know, mentioned previously, Alex, they're generally hybrid models where the passenger experience app may be provided to them at no extra cost, um, the sessions that are generated through promoted services or sponsored access, say a streaming music service, they may not incur any bandwidth cost to the airline. Uh, or some of these time-limited ad-backed sessions, uh, again, may not incur bandwidth costs to the airlines. Um, so every airline is different, um, and, and, and I um, said has a different philosophy around how these services reach to their passengers. But these hybrid models where, you know, they pay for uh, connectivity, but then offset some of that through these um, uh, ancillary revenue models, that's being perceived, um, I think, pretty positively in the industry so far uh, in our interactions with our customers. So I would say that hybrid model is perhaps uh, is going to be the, the, the model that you would see in the next few years uh, as, the, as one of the dominant models. Okay. Yeah. Well, that makes a lot of sense as, as you know, there's people are still getting used to the, the idea of all this. So, um, you know, so, so, so far we've focused on the commercial aviation market, but I know there, there are a lot of additional opportunities with other vehicles and vessels and, and moving things out there. So uh, what might some of those look like? Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's a really good question. So if, if you, if you think about Viasat's current market position in, in various verticals, commercial aviation is certainly one of the best opportunities we have. Um, but if we look forward, I would say passenger cruises in the maritime market, um, trains and buses in the land mobility market, uh, given the longer trip durations uh, we have there and the passenger volumes, those are pretty exciting opportunities for, for the MAPS business. Uh, and finally, I think the residential markets are also ripe for MAPS offerings, uh, particularly the remote residential communities could be an exciting opportunity for sponsored uh, access products where you know some of the access is free but is backed by a sponsor uh, or an ad um, so pl plenty of opportunities to pursue moving forward yeah it sounds like it so uh you know as someone with with your deep background and you know as, as also working in consulting i'm sure there are a lot of ideas 
that uh, you and your group are, are thinking about that can create even more opportunities in the future. Maybe some of them are even theoretical now, but uh, I don't know, what, what could we be seeing something uh, in the years to come? Yeah, absolutely. So um, the, the in-flight advertising market in itself is very large uh, and, and it's growing. So, you know, no matter which industry consulting report you may, you may read, uh, it's in billions of dollars. So that's an area first and foremost, I think, where we need to execute well to capitalize on the ancillary opportunity. But, um, you know, the destination-based content uh, and commerce is another area that I believe is a large opportunity for us to look forward to. Travel retail and duty-free integrations is big. That's another untapped commerce opportunity. Games and gaming tier as a service, um, you know, implied is, is an opportunity that we haven't explored fully. Uh, Pay-per-view type opportunities in media is not something we've explored. Um, although, you know, we've had some conversations in that space. Lastly, I think, um, you know, we could provide access and hosting services for a variety of ecosystem players. That's yet another opportunity and any associated business model that comes around them uh, to unlock further growth um, are, are sort of things we haven't even looked at. So there is there is a lot of opportunity. Um, and, and I think we just have to, uh, at least at present, we're focused on a few of those and really trying to scale them. Yeah, well, it sounds really exciting uh, to uh, to move forward with this. Uh, yeah, it's it's almost like the sky's the limit <laughs> yeah. uh, with with all this stuff. But it sounds like you know it makes makes a lot of sense to start with uh, with uh, you know the aviation side of things because that's probably the most mature, I guess, example of, of this kind of mobility connectivity going right now. So. Yeah. Um, Great. Well, um, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us, Samit. And I know there's the, you know, there's the whole the whole data side of things that we can uh, touch on, uh, maybe in another episode. But I appreciate you taking the time to uh, to talk with us today. Well, absolutely, Alex. My pleasure. It was really interesting to talk to you and wonderful questions. All right. Thanks a lot. Sure. Thank you.